You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Ben Larson. You can rot your brain on social media by following me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S, also at Lockdown Brewers, and Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers as well. And uh, happy to have you along here in March. It is March, and March now means it's the month that the baseball season officially begins because the crazy powers that be start the season in March not just the very end of March but like uh, almost a week before the end of March and that's what's the deal with the Brewers 26 days March 26th the opener at Miller Park against the Cubs there's a 50-50 shot we'll have 10 inches of snow that day I mean it's crazy you know it's just crazy uh and you know you can hear my opinion on this I don't think baseball should start till like May and they should play a lot less games but you know I, probably not many people who listen to this podcast agree with me Maybe you do. I don't know. I just, I don't, I think there's way too many games. Always has been. I have no idea why, you know, Abner, Doubleday, or, or whoever invented baseball. <laughs> Did I even come close with that? Uh, Ty Cobb, Christy Matthewson. Why they, Why were they like, you know, we got to play 154. That's what they played back then. 154. What are you doing? <laughs> That's neither here nor there. I can get on that rant uh, later on someday. Maybe, you know, all-star break or something. Uh, we have Brewer baseball to talk about now. We have spring training results. Look, the Brewers are in contention once again, early contention for a Cactus League title. And, uh, you know, that means absolutely nothing. And that's true. But a couple of years ago, they won the Cactus League title, and then they almost won the National League pennant. So, you know, it correlates. Probably not. But it could. They are a game back of the Padres for Cactus League supremacy. Again, in the early going, there's a long way to go. But the Brewers six and two. I think they're six two and one, aren't they? And the Padres are seven and one. I didn't bother to look if the Padres have a tie or not. Uh, but the Brewers are six and two, uh, off a win over the Reds on Sunday and a day off today. Nothing going on today. Well, there's a little bit going on. Apparently, some simulated pitching games. Uh, for a couple of the Brewers starters to stay on schedule. That's fine. That's good. Uh, but no games going on. And then the the week, the rest of the week is full of games. And it looks the weather looks to be fantastic the rest of the week down in Maryville, which is great. So anyway, that's uh, what's going on. But there's a couple things. I will get to Orlando Arcia, who I went on a big rant on you know about uh, a while back about how he has to have a tremendous spring. Apparently, he was listening. Uh, so we'll talk about that because that's you know that's a developing story. Long way to go in the spring, and he will be most likely if, if he continues to play anything close to like he's playing now, the starting uh, shortstop for the Brewers on opening day, and maybe for the first couple weeks of the season. Then it gets interesting. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up here. But I wanted to focus today on the big news from last week. I thought it, I was just really surprised by the news last week. 
of the contract extension for Freddie Peralta. Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at Freddie, and I've said this a bunch of times, and I still think it's the truth that I was so impressed with what he did out of the bullpen last year that I'm you know looking for him for sure to be a guy that maybe you know on days when Josh Hader is not available, which is plenty of days, because when Josh Hader throws his two innings or his inning plus, he almost never pitches in the next game. Sometimes they give him a couple days off. Sometimes the circumstances just warrant that he has a couple days off. And Freddie Peralta was so good, again, small sample size last year, but so good out of the pen uh, that I thought, you know, there's a there's a guy I'm looking to do that, looking to see do that, you know, in 2020. I'd love to see him in that role. It's up in the air. Look, we'll see. You know, he could be a starting pitcher there, stretching him out. That's fine. I guess I don't have a problem with that. But I look at guys, and this happened in September, so it's obviously fresh, and, you know, you don't know that they'll perform that well going forward. But you look at the combination of Hayter, Peralta, and Brent Suter, and the idea that the, the Brewers are so dependent on that bullpen, it's so important and crucial to them contending and how they build a, a team from a pitching standpoint that can win, that I would love to see Peralta take on a hater role. You know, maybe he can go the sixth and seventh inning or the seventh and eighth inning and, you know, blow guys away because that's what he did in September. Suter did the same thing. I don't know that I trust Suter as much in crucial situations, although he did uh, give the Brewers an inning against the Nationals in the wildcard game. Didn't look great, but he gave them an inning. You know, I that that's kind of what you look at and you say, well, if they can have that type of role for two, maybe even three guys this year, it could be a really interesting bullpen again. You know, and maybe it won't work out that way. I, I don't really know exactly what David Stearns, Craig Counselor, are thinking along these lines. You're stretching out Suter, you're stretching out Peralta because you might need starters right out of spring training if some of these other guys don't show you what you know you're looking for. Like Lindblom and you know Anderson, Brett Anderson, who they signed. If, if they don't really show you what you're looking for, maybe you do slide Peralta into the starting rotation. But again, it's just really interesting because Freddie Peralta now is under club control for seven years. Seven years. They signed him to a five-year deal at, at a paltry three million, just a little over three million a year. I mean, it's not paltry for Freddie. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's great for him and his family. It's fantastic. We've seen him be great. He's working on a slider, you know, trying to add to his title of fastball, Freddie. I'm not sure what you'd call him if his slider's his dominant pitch, you know. It kind of ruins the nickname, right? So they'll probably stick with fastball, Freddie. But, you know, it's interesting to me uh, to see how the club uses him. And it doesn't mean that in the future that he wouldn't be a starter. doesn't mean that if he's a starter this year in the future he wouldn't be a, a key piece out of the bullpen. That, that's what's so intriguing about him. You know, he's got a lot of talent. You can see that. He's super young. The Brewers have decided to lock him up. It's a risk on the Brewers' part, but not enormous. I mean, you're talking about $3 million a year. That's not killer, right? But the, the fact that he, he agreed to this plus two club options, uh, that's really something. And they can, you know, they can take him through his age 30 season. I think it's age 30 season, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's amazing to me. I was just really surprised by it. You know, it's, I guess it's not a super big shocker because he's not a star. But he does have some potential. Does he have potential to be a star? I mean, I guess. You know, I guess anybody does. Uh, and, and what does it mean for maybe some of these other, uh, other guys, I should say, that the Brewers are looking to maybe lock up? You know, they tried the same stuff with Brandon Woodruff. There has to be a willingness on the player's part. I think an agent 
or representation for these players is never going to want to do this because they always want to, you know, if they have a, a guy they think is talented, they always want to play out the arbitration years and then try and cash big, you know, in his late 20s, his prime for a free agent deal. But a player like Christian Yelich, for instance, might say, you know what, I'm going to take the money. And Yelich's contract was a lot bigger at the time. But now it looks like a ridiculous bargain, and I almost feel as a Brewers fan, I feel guilty that the Brewers are paying him so little to be the MVP, the two-time MVP. Damn it, the two-time MVP. That's what he should be. Uh, so that you know, that's uh, another story. And my question is, would he be willing to take a you know two hundred fifty million dollar contract, <laughs> you know, extension today? Uh, and the Brewers probably aren't going to do that because apparently that's not what they do. They're losing money, but. <laughs> Again, a digression. It's just interesting with Freddie Peralta. I mean, they—it's possible that they locked up a guy if if he if they're able to work with him and he becomes more consistent in whatever role he's in. That you look at that and you're just you know you're just floored by the bargain that could result in, in that for Freddie Peralta because he's a guy who does have the same type of potential. You think as as Brandon Woodruff? No, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't have quite the the arsenal of pitches. Unless he does develop some more, you know, that slider they talk about and the deceptive fastball and a curve. If he can develop those three and and work them all really well uh, off of each other, he could be a really effective starter. Otherwise, he's really promising out of the bullpen. He might be promising. I'm talking about the two-inning role. There are a lot of people talking about him as as being a, a future closer. So a lot's on the table. And uh, and the Brewers are... are convinced enough to be able to say hey five years guaranteed and that's good good for him and I think good for the Brewers so I just as surprising as it is I'm definitely happy about it because I think he can be a pretty effective pitcher for the Brewers in whatever role he excels in going forward and now you know that uh, they they believe so too so that was the big news I want to talk about Orlando Arcia of course another younger guy now not as young as Freddie but guy the Brewers uh, you know, in arbitration, decided to sign uh, here this year. Where there was some thought, maybe they wouldn't, but they they are. And we, I've talked about this about how a guy who maybe in his his mid twenties got a lot of spunk, a lot of personality. One of those players, you're like, well, can he put it together? And maybe he does later than you thought he would. And maybe this is that year. You know, we're a week into spring training games, so chill out a little bit, right, Ben? But. Hey, three home runs. We'll talk about it next. You're locked on Brewers. Well, another day, another historic performance by Giannis. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that yesterday, if you're a, a basketball fan. Or again, I, I know there's some people that are Brewer fans and like, uh, uh, I like the Brewers and I like the Houston Texans and I, I like the San Antonio. No, San Antonio is wrong, wrong analogy. Let's pick another random team. I like the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Those are my three favorite teams. That's weird, okay? I don't know where you're coming from with that, but whatever. I'm not one of you crazy millennials. Point is, <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Kind of cusp of millennial. Point is, uh, I'm a Wisconsin fan, and you can be a Wisconsin fan of the Bucks podcast, Lockdown Bucks, Lockdown Packers, Lockdown Badgers. How about them? They have a shot at winning the Big Ten. It's crazy. And they're all the podcasts available for you to listen to pretty much every day with the Wisconsin Lockdown podcast. So, uh, Giannis going 40-20 yesterday, 40-20 and 6 in 35 minutes. Did I see he was the only NBA player in history to do it in such a short amount of game uh, minutes played in a game? I mean, he's pretty good, right? He's got some skills. Uh, so very fun to watch. 
and uh, they have a game Monday night here against the Heat that's big, but, I mean, they're better, so whatever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the Brewers. Check out the Lockdown Podcast Network is my point, and apparently I'm really enjoying digressing on lots of stuff today. Uh, point is, we were talking about Orlando RC. Okay, three home runs in his first week and change of the Cactus League play. And I had talked about it, too, with the injury to uh, Urias and how, you know, he's really not going to be ready probably till mid, not mid, maybe early uh, April, maybe April, you know, between the 5th and 10th or something like that. But that's already five or 10 games into the season for the Brewers. And Orlando Arce is going to get a chance to start. Look, even if... Urias is healthy by March 26th. They're going to need to play him in games, extended spring training or start the season on a minor league rehab assignment, right? That's what they're going to need to do. And if Arcia can open the season and provide some punch offensively for the Brewers, you know, they might take their time with Urias getting back to the the big leagues. It's going to be interesting to watch that scenario play out and how it affects other roster spots too as far as who makes the opening day roster for the Brewers. But Orlando Arceo, three home runs, and he is talking about how he made adjustments to his swing, working with some new coaches, and, you know, just trying to stay inside of the baseball, the whole thing, shortening up a little bit. We, you know, you, you sort of knew about that about Arcia that he was going to need to do that because his swing seems too long. Lowest rated position player in all of baseball in terms of his offensive output last year. I mean, clearly the Brewers knew that they had to make a move, and they did. Uh, but it's another situation, and I I kind of feel like, and again, this is probably a ridiculous comparison. There are probably a lot of uh, you know stats people, analytics or otherwise scouts that would hear me say this and be like, oh, that guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> but I feel like Orlando Garcia, uh, just in terms of the way he acts, the way he approaches the game, his fun-loving personality. Uh, is is similar to maybe Carlos Gomez. Remember Gogo Gomez, of course, of the Brewers. How could you forget? Uh, retired earlier this year as a Brewer and provided some fantastic memories. Just fantastic. Both funny, entertaining, and very important memories for the Brewers uh, in his career in Milwaukee. Right, And he just could never figure it out with the Twins uh, he gets traded to the Brewers. They finally, after trying to, I think for a while, they tried to get him to, you know, kind of punch out some base hits, use his tremendous speead, leg out ground balls, that sort of thing. After a while, they just, nah, screw it. Just swing for the fences. And he did, and he became really good. So that's different, I think, maybe than Arcia. But I just, I feel like they're personality-wise kind of similar. Uh, and and I, he's a guy who didn't figure it out and become an all-star caliber player until his, you know, mid to late 20s. And that's where Arcia is. And he had the one really good year where he hit 277. I don't know if he's a 277 hitter. I would bet not. But he's, I feel like he's got to be better than what he was last year. I don't exactly know what that means other than, you know, maybe if they can make the proper adjustments and get him to adjust his mind to become more consistent, he can be a good player. And I saw, I, I completely thought, and you heard me say it on this podcast, uh, that it was totally worth the Brewers dropping $2.7 million on the guy. You know, to try and see what they had and not give up on him too early. Because you hate to give up on a guy too early, right? You have club control. You can just sign him to the one-year deal. You avoid arbitration, but it's it's the $2.5 million. Seems worth it. And maybe it could be hugely worth it for the Brewers if if he really contributes this year. You just It's the fun thing about a baseball season. You absolutely never know how it's going to play out. 
You know, there's talk, of course, that if Arcia, you can't take him off the field because he he finds it at short that Urias could become a third baseman, and that's entirely possible. Uh, but again, it's early. <laughs> you know, the Brewers are eight games into eight or nine games, whatever it is, into Cactus League play, and he's got three home runs, and that's great. But it's spring training. Now, if he continues to rip it up all spring, you know, you you it bodes well going into the season. But of course, that still proves nothing. There's a lot of players who've been notorious for having great springs, but then are nowhere to be seen in the regular season. And of course, vice versa. Spring is a, is a different animal. But in Arcia's case, you know he's got to produce in the spring. You know, you know he's got to come and show something to this club if they're going to give him a real chance here in the regular season, regardless of whenever Urias comes off uh, and, and can you know contribute at the big league level. So, and, and again, it's a chance to to just establish momentum for Arcia coming into the season uh, that Urias just is not going to have. And you never know. It could make a difference. It's a long, 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 long season. I've uh, alluded to that earlier in the podcast. And so, you know, it might not mean a whole lot when we're sitting here in July, August. But I'm encouraged. And you know what? If you can't tell, I root for Arcia. I mean, obviously, he's been with the organization. He was a hot prospect coming up. And I do like to watch him play. I kind of fell in love with him in 2017 based on his defense alone. And I'd love to see that guy back. You know, I'd love to see him at least contributing to this Brewers team uh, each and every day. So anyway, that's my take on that. We'll see what he does uh, after the off day here and if he can continue. Not only his home run tear, but uh, 5 of 13 so far. Got 8 driven in 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 spring. Can he continue to show some consistency and and have that batting average up and, and, you know, his OPS up uh, through spring? It's just something to watch for. We'll uh, talk tomorrow again, of course. We'll be back with Dr. Scott, I think, either tomorrow or Wednesday, depending on his big-time doctor schedule, whether he big-times us or not. Uh, Also, we'll look to be joined this week by Matt Pauley of the Extra Innings Podcast and Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ Radio. Uh, So we'll look to be joined by him this week. It'll be interesting to talk with him about the Brewers, and we'll see how this club does uh, in spring training. Big-time matchup tomorrow. Holy cow, the Brewers and the Padres. Cactus League supremacy at stake. The Padres are in first place. Brewers can't let them get away with that, right? It's huge. Very important. Not so much. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow and uh, break down the analytics for the Brewers as we do every Tuesday with Dr. Scott. So that's coming up on tomorrow's podcast. Hope you're off uh, to a great start for the week. Great start to March. Looking forward to talking again. You can find this podcast on any major podcast platform. Talking about Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, Check them out there. Also uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. Twitter, at Lockdown Brewers and at Cheesehead Talk, my personal handle. Until tomorrow, I'm Ben Larson, giving you your daily Brewers fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.